was in Japan, and I was looking through, like, a record store in Japan through, like, old spaghetti western Japanese films. You know I love the spaghetti westerns right there, Chris. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, and then just, like... Sergio Leone, man. True influence. Yeah. And And him talking about his process of, like, writing stuff, he's like, yeah, you know, like, sometimes I'll just, like, come up with a character, and I'll just put him in, like, the most ridiculous situation I can think of, but then say, how can I make this situation more realistic? You know, Chris, so then I'll just, like, I'll picture, like, you know, Brad Pitt in that room, like, you are such a fucking whack job. You know, Chris, in Pulp Fiction, the guy gets fucked in the butt. I basically invented the word gimp. We didn't have a word for that, and I made it up, and now everyone calls it that. Go on. Watch your porn. I call them gimps now. I hope you're rolling on that. I am rolling. That will be the intro. Welcome back, Nostalgia. This is your special voting edition of Nostalgia. Dave, happy National Election Day. Fuck down, Trump! YG voice. That was a terrible YG impression, but we'll be giving you uh, your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. We have a lot to talk about today, but Dave, first, I want to shout out Maybe the most influential person of our time, Chance the Rapper. A young goat in the game. Yeah, so Chance, he led a, a march. It ended with a concert of young people basically following him through the streets of Chicago mm-hmm. to vote, which is pretty dope that he took his influence and used it for a, a major positive on Election Day. When a lot of in an important state. Choose not to. <laughs> yeah, definitely an important state. It firmly gets the dope designation from Nostalgia. Yeah, absolutely. We will be playing Dope or Nope. We don't need to question that one. That's definitely dope. You know who else is dope? Susan B. Anthony. Yeah. She's getting a ton of love today, man. Good. I don't know if you saw the video of people lined up I at her grave, but it's, like, really long. You know, she held it down on the silver dollar before Sacagawea, you know, became a gold dollar mm. and they retired her. So, Susie B. Anthony, I know. I said yeah. history. I'm aware. I've been woke on the matter. <laughs> so, we will not be giving you much election coverage, but... Uh, be quite out of date by the time you hear. Yeah, exactly. You'll, you'll be hearing this on Friday, and hopefully we'll have uh, election results. The polls are closing in a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> but jumping into the news of the week, playing a little dope or nope, uh, another historical figure, unrelated to Susan B. Anthony, but just maybe even more important, Jeez. Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. He's been killing it this year. Thanks to Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Still uh, keeping his status on the 10. Most influential musical of all time. Debatably, but educational purposes, it's certainly there. And yeah, the Hamilton mixtape, a long rumored project in the works from Lin-Manuel Miranda. Track list was unveiled last week with the release date next month. What do you think, Dave? Track list is a whole lot of man, man. Really? I'm not a fan. Really? So it features the roots on a number of tracks. It's a talented track list, but there's way too many people that are past their primes for me that I'm just afraid I'm not going to be that impressed. And I'm going to feel like, it's a mixtape, I understand that, but there's too much room for error with this many people on it. Especially the t- the people that are on, like Usher and Mariah Carey and... You have Usher, Kelly Clarkson, Alicia Keys. Yeah, Kelly Clarkson. Are you fucking kidding me? Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy um, Fallon. That's a You'll Be Back, right? Yeah, You'll Be That's back. funny because that's a King George. That, that's one of the funny mm-hmm. songs on in the Hamilton soundtrack, right. so that should be good. Wiz Khalifa. Speaking of people who are not past their prime, but who don't own their own children. Right. We will say that. Uh, Riz MC, a.k.a. our guy Riz Ahmed from The Night Of. Yes. He raps if you didn't know. Chance the Rapper, John Legend. I mean, you're saying these people are past their prime, but I don't know if I agree with you on that, Dave. Usher. Usher, I mean, Usher's right. timeless. Eh, is he though? Is Mariah Carey on here? I didn't see. Sia's on here. We love Sia. When, uh, Shout out Sia. I don't love her. 
Uh, I'm a big Steve fan. When was Mariah Carey's last hit? Uh, the correct answer is every two, Christmas. Two thousand eight. All I want for Christmas is you. Is one of the greatest songs ever written. Good song. That's probably her most popular song. Definitely her most popular song. So yeah, we well we got we Buster got, Rhymes. You don't say. You, you mean Reptar, I think. You're, I know you're a big Miguel fan. Oh, Queen Latifah. <laughs> Queen Latifah. She's she's been musical for quite some time. Sia will carry that song. Regina Spector. I mean, she's been popular for. Ingrid like, Michaelson. Come on, guys. Ingrid Michaelson is great. You and I. Awesome song. And how old <laughs> is that song? That's my whole point. <laughs> so these people that like have not been that act. Ja Rule. Anna Shanti. <laughs> those guys. Throwing it back 15 years. Yes. The last time Ashanti was relevant. So David, sounds I'm like sorry, you, I'm just not I'm not happy with this. Sounds like you say nope on this. I'm the hard nope, man. Oh, Watsky, by the way, Watsky. I know Lynn is a huge Watsky head. Watsky's whack as hell. <laughs> Shout out Lynn Manuel Miranda. And my game. shot re- remix with Joel Ortiz, Busta Rhymes, and the guy from fucking Fun. Get the hell out of here, man. The guy yeah. from fucking Nate, Fun. Nate Ruiz. The guy from Fun. Oh, the singer. lead singer. It was it's doing not, background vocals, wailing away like. It wasn't Jack. It was Jack Antonoff. It was. The other guy? Nate Root. Nate Root. Oh, it's the lead singer. Okay. Yeah. Well, eh, I mean, so here's the thing. You sound like you're a hard nope on this. We heard I'm one song. I'm just expecting to be disappointed. There's two songs. Well, two songs, right? We heard the Kelly Clarkson song and the Buster Rhymes song. Correct. Buster Rhymes song wasn't terrible. Not a fan. So you didn't like it. What about the Kelly Clarkson song? She said it was maybe the most emotional performance she's ever given on a CD. Maybe what the hardest emotional experience. Good for her, I suppose. Why don't we just listen to the original version? <laughs> so, I guess this is the thing. <laughs> I, I think I think it's dope that this many artists are getting involved. I don't think it's a that, project like I don't this. think it's that cool. It's Hamilton. It couldn't be hotter. Obviously, they're all going to say yes. I don't know. I don't think that's an accomplishment. When was the last time that you can remember this many high-profile artists making a project like this together? Mm. Uh, especially for a musical. I can't remember... Well, right, because it's the most, the biggest musical in, in decades. That's why it's happening. That's sure. why I don't think it's that big a deal. Well, it, but I think it's I think what's cool about it is that obviously it's not going to be the original. It's not going to be better than the original because the original is a masterpiece. We can agree on that. But it's all about expectations. Right. I'm expecting to be disappointed. <laughs> I, I I'm expecting it to be a fun take on these. I'm not expecting to like these songs more than the originals. See and Miguel unsatisfied. That has potential. Usher on wait for it again. Usher wait for it is my favorite song in Hamilton. Usher. Is very competent. Oh, I'm not saying any of these people aren't talented, but Usher's not gonna give off the same vibes that Leslie Odom Jr. does when he as Aaron Burr. It's a, it's a cover. That's a, that's all that is. It's a mixtape, Dave. It's literally a mixtape. It's a mixtape <laughs> that you're being charged twenty dollars for. So whatever. So it's not technically a free mixtape, but it's a mixtape. I, I don't think that I'm looking at this and saying this needs to be better than the original. You have Chance the Rapper and Francis and, and the Lights on. Yeah, on a reprise. That's, that's a really that, they they need they need to be on something else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree, they should have gotten a, a, probably a better song. But for what it is, I think it will, it will be an interesting listen. I oh, say, it'll be, no, no doubt about I say that. dope. And I'm sure there'll be some high points. I'm just, so I, just annoyed. I, we'll let the Hamilton mixtape lie where it will. Something I, I'm a hard nope on, and I think you are too, so I just want to get this out of the way before mm-hmm. we move on. On a Game of Thrones subreddit, there has supposedly been a leak about the premise of the new season and the major plot points. Basically, someone who claims to be close to the show laying out what's going to happen next season, and people plot are saying, outline. yeah, people are saying that they're ruining Game of Thrones next season for them. You know, what I say this is a big nope. I mean, it's a party foul. Don't do this. But why is this different than any any other rumor that you ever find on? Why are you on the Game of Thrones subreddit in November? Get a life, you nerd. <laughs> 
All right. You're looking. You're digging for spoilers. <laughs> you even though I'd be mad about yourself, especially if you read it. And that was talking Game of Thrones to Dave Martin. <laughs> I'm surprised HBO has that. a leak like that though. Usually they're. But then again, yeah. HBO, they film in like three countries, thousands of people employed, so it makes sense. But yeah. at the same point, for someone to have that comprehensive of a plot outline of the whole season, only a very small amount of people have that knowledge. So mm-hmm. that leads me to believe it's probably made up. Probably. Which doesn't surprise me because I think you could predict the beats of this season more than any other previous season as we're getting towards the end. So Dave, are you saying that you are in fact the person writing these? No comment. Alright, moving on. A couple of casting doper nopes. Let's start with Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Quick side note, Eddie Redmayne, who is starring in Fantastic Beasts, supposedly tried out for the role of Kylo Ren. And imagining him as Kylo Ren is maybe he tried my to, favorite thing. He channeled ever. his Jupiter Ascending character <laughs> uh, with bad voice, apparently. I imagine seeing him freak out with a lightsaber the way Adam Driver did and like throwing a tantrum. And I, I just, isn't, I Andy, just any, isn't Andy Redmayne like average height? Yeah. Like, Adam Driver's a big, hulking dude. Basically, <laughs> I, the way that, that it seemed is he was pretty much just brought in to keep a potential other person open, like a, a sure. keep their mind open Makes for sense. casting, but talented Adam Why Driver not? was, was going to play that role from the get-go, it seems. Anyways, Johnny Depp is in Fantastic Beasts, and rumors are saying he will be playing Grindelwald. Rumors afoot. What do you think? Yeah, well, he's officially cast in the sequel, which has been confirmed to be taking place in Paris, and confirmed as of today that Dumbledore will be back for the sequel. But it's also more or less confirmed that Depp is making a cameo in Fantastic Beasts 1, coming out in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So everyone assumes that Giant Depp is playing Gillard Grindelwald, the dark wizard we talked about last time we talked about the subject at soundcloud.com slash nostalgiapod. Stay plugging. Pat, are you a fan of Johnny Depp being cast as assumingly the overarching villain of a potential five-film quint trilogy, whatever it's called. This is a pretty hard note for me. Johnny Depp, I think, is a pretty good actor. Yep. Not my cup of tea, per se. Uh, he's done a lot of weird stuff with Tim Burton, which I think has skewed my, my perception of him. He's been in bad movies for a, a good chunk of time now. He has. And, uh, I mean, I think back to even Black Mass, which was... That's probably the best thing he's done in, like, seven years. And that wasn't even that great. Also, he's not British, and I'm pretty sure Grindelwald was British. They all are British, I think. So, <laughs> it's interesting that they decided, when, when they could have chosen from pretty much any of the actors HBO uses, which are all, like, classically trained, awesome British actors. Just think of Harry Potter. They, they got all of Britain <laughs> in Harry Potter already. And then you choose <laughs> Johnny Depp. Well, um, I mean, a lot of people are, are mad about because of his fallout with his divorce from Amber Heard, so he's kind mm. of an unpopular person right now anyway. Right. But then, yeah, look at the last movies he did. He either does a ton of makeup role, like mm-hmm. the Mad Hatter and the two Alices, or Black Mass, even, or just some really weird role that it's in a bad movie, like Dark Shadows or Transcendence, movies right. that just aren't good. And then if we take Pirates of the Caribbean out of the way, you have, what, Sweeney Todd, another makeup right. over-the-top He's, guy. So it's Blow been a long like, time. Blow is, like, the last movie I, like, really Blow, good I think, is 2001? Remember. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Ray Fiennes was amazing as Voldemort. Yeah. Now, Grindelwald, there's a lot... Is he reprising his role? Will we see Voldemort at all? No, this takes place in, like, the the 20s and stuff. So, I don't think Voldemort's alive at this time. Gotcha. But Depp doing menacing, like a dark wizard, especially one who has, like, a really deep, conflicted, multi-layered relationship with Dumbledore, I just have a hard time seeing him doing all those things as the character. This could be a huge miss. We don't know. I think we're going to see that cameo in, like, the first scene of the original and that probably won't even tell us that much. Right. So it's it's a pretty risky move, I think. I mean, this was always going to be a hard role to cast. I mean, unless they yeah. they cast somebody 
They still haven't cast Dumbledore for the second right. one. That's a tough one, young Dumbledore. Because these characters are just so built up and beloved at this point. There was It was always going to be hard to find somebody that was really popular, but it was, I think it was really hard to find somebody who was less liked than, than Johnny Depp was for this. I, right. didn't, I didn't see any positive reception. No, there really wasn't. And assuming that they're building up to that final conflict where Dumbledore defeats Grindelwald, that's what makes a famous, mm-hmm. the famous wizard and whatnot, and how he ends up in that jail that right. you see him in Deathly Hallows when he's an old man. If Johnny Depp doesn't hit from the start, that could throw a wrench in their whole plans to sure. really build up to this big battle. There's exactly. no way they're not going to that if you have Grindelwald in the first movie and you're having five movies planned. I just don't see how they wouldn't do that. You know, thinking about it, and this is like a totally random thought, if he had been alive, I feel like Heath Ledger would have been almost the perfect person to play this. Heath Ledger movie. looks like Grindelwald, yeah. too. He's a blonde guy. <laughs> it would have been, like, perfect. He was the first person that came to mind. It's just, I think the one thing Johnny Depp has going for him is that he doesn't age. He's looked the same. For the you can make him look any age, too. Right. So I these movies so. can come out over the next decade, and he will look 30 or 60 or 20 or however old he is. They actually make the decision lightly, so we'll see. But It had to go past J.K. Rowling, too, which... Right, and I trust J.K. Rowling a lot. We'll see how far our trust in (laughs) Rowling goes, because she's writing all five Fantastic Beast movies, basically writing these movies from scratch, not adapting books, she didn't have any books for this. Right. So we'll really see how far her screenwriting pen goes. Especially after The First Child, which was basically a a screenplay in and of itself. Which she didn't even completely write. Right, so, (laughs) interesting. I read the uh, Wikipedia plot summary of Cursed Child. It's it's not that cool. No? No, it's not. It's not. All right, well... I don't want to talk about the spoilers of it, but there's kind of a really annoying choice that's made in it. So. All right, well, I'm looking forward to <laughs> eventually reading this very annoying book, so... No, don't read it. Just read the Wikipedia. All right. I'll, <laughs> maybe I will. Another casting. Something that I know you were really excited about, so I'm guessing you're going to say dope. There's been a biopic about Freddie Mercury and Queen that's been rumored for a while called Bohemian Rhapsody, yep. and... Originally, Sasha Baron-, Baron Cohen was attached to it. For many years. And then it seems like he kind of fell off, and Rami Malek. And he left the project like, la- like earlier this year, last year sometime, and then you didn't hear much about it. And it was over, he really wanted it to, it to be R-rated. He was really pushing for this project to be Interesting. really heavy, and it seemed like they weren't necessarily feeling that. Was he want to focus on sex and drugs? I don't know. More? I mean, I, I imagine, but I, they didn't go into detail about why, what, what kind of R rating he wanted. But Rami Malek of Mr. Robot fame, Emmy Award winner, Rami Malek. And Night Museum. <laughs> <laughs> cast as Freddie Mercury. So, Dave, is this a good casting? I think so. This is a dope casting. I think it's a dope casting. First of all, as soon as I thought, I was like, oh, I could totally see that. Like, yeah, you can kind of make him look like Freddie Mercury, sure. He has, the, like, like the jaw. Right. Yeah. Like, where it sticks out. I, I think he has the acting range. I think he can do this. Now, the part that's a huge question mark is how they do the singing. Right. Am I a good singer? We don't know. Obviously, <laughs> how do his roles? I'm going to guess that he's not a great singer. So, we'll see how that goes. But I think he can do it. I think he can commit to the, the role. I think in terms of... Being able to cover all the different parts of his life, having a similar look, having the charisma to embody Freddie Mercury, the guy mm-hmm. who basically had Live Aid eating out of the palm of his hands for 20 minutes. Um, I think he, he can definitely play that. He can play, you know, someone who's demented, which I don't think Freddie Mercury is demented, but obviously what he goes through with his illness will sure. be excruciating. End, yeah. So uh, Rami can play all that, but like you said, if... if the singing doesn't feel authentic or doesn't look like it fits. It's going to be a little weird. Yeah, the most recent draft was written by Anthony McCartan, the guy who wrote Theory of Everything and mm. was Oscar-nominated. So, And Brian Singer's directing it, most recently of yeah. X-Men, and did The Usual Suspects. So it's got a good group of talent around the film. Biopics are always hit and miss, though. Interesting, yeah. 
you know, you, it is. You have uh, he doors. seems prime for a biopic. They really haven't done much on Queen, as far as I remember. Yeah, I, I don't. Especially remember if no, no feature films. But yeah, that's cool. Good for Rami. I'm happy to get in this big break. Obviously, you know, everyone knows who he is now. Yeah, I think he's gonna make interesting choices moving forward with movies. He doesn't seem like just uh, sure grabbing roles for money. Another casting, Dave. So you recently finished Stranger Things. You went as Dustin from Stranger Things for Halloween. Both of those are correct, yeah. And there were three castings in second season of Stranger Things. One of them, the name is Linnea Burslin. Right, newer actress, right? Yeah, she's a up-and-coming actress. Sean Astin and Paul Reiser. What are you, what's your initial reaction to you? Sean Astin, dope as hell, yeah. dude. Yeah, I was pretty pumped to see Sean Astin. Share the load, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> I know, I was like, Sam! Like, every time I see Sean Astin in, in anything, that's always yeah. what I say. And Paul Reiser, too. I think that that's interesting. Yeah. And it seems like, from the description we get about each one of them, you can kind of tell that Sean, he knows Hopper. Uh, he's going to be on that side. Yeah, he's a former classmate of Hopper and Winona Ryder. Yeah, um, and he runs a... Like a Radio Shack or something yeah, like that. That's that's what he said, yeah, that's exactly what said, And uh, that's Paul cool. Reiser is uh, cleaning up after what happened. So he's on the government side. And then it seems like uh, Linnea is affected by what happened in some way. She's having some experience from sure. what happened. So what that does tell us is that this is going to be very closely connected to season one. So that's definitely pretty awesome. When, when they re- announced season two a few months ago, they also announced all the episode titles for season two, which I thought was very strange. Yeah, the episode titles set in stone already? Yeah, that is... Like, like I'm sure you're still finishing up the scripts. I mean, it's pretty clear that Stranger Things was designed to be more than a one-season thing. I'm pretty sure it'd be successful. But even so, I was like, wow, like, they're ready. So... I, I, we're gonna get it soon later probably next year sometime i actually want to shout out a tweet you had when you said casting sean astin was like the last uh, i love the 80s move that they really had left to, yeah. to play so I, I definitely thought that was a great tweet and really embodied this announcement on casting so we're looking forward to season two of stranger things something that i know you're looking forward to i'm not so sure where i sit on it uh, young justice season three so what's the deal with that yeah young justice is a animated series that was on cartoon network ran for two seasons, and was canceled in 2013. The DC show. DC animation is always really good. So Young Justice was Robin, Superboy, 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 Aqualad, Artemis, Kid Flash, and Miss Martian. This show was critically acclaimed and had a really hardcore, passionate fan base, but it was canceled in 2013. Not because it didn't do well, but because it had disappointing sales for its tie-in toys. But now they announced season three. Warner Brothers, it's not a rumor, it's confirmed. They're bringing it back for season three. And it's just really cool that passionate fans that really clamor for something they really loved actually brought something back like that. It's cool to see that happen. That, that is pretty dope. Don't, don't they have something similar called Teen Titan or something like that? Teen, Teen Titans, Titans was another show, yeah. That's Robin Cyborg basically became a famous character from Teen Titans. Gotcha. Yeah, it seems like Robin's getting a lot of love. I think it's cool that, like, like you said, the fans kind of push that. I also think it's cool that they're looking past the reason that they canceled it, which is obviously because it didn't produce enough money in other areas yeah. for their company, and they're saying, we're going to put out a good product. Yeah. And I think something that we'll talk about with Atlanta moving forward mm-hmm. is how the scope of what is made and how things are made and why things are made is changing, which is actually exciting because projects like, like this get picked back up. I think Warner needed some uh, good faith, good yeah. news recently, because... They lost the director to The Flash, Rick Faniuwa, <laughs> yeah. uh, the guy who directed Dope last year. Yep. Yeah, he left, and he's the second director they lost. So they, they need some goodwill. Yeah, the, that, you're talking about the TV show, right? No, the, the Flash movie. The, Ezra the Flash Miller movie. lost its second director this week. Good. 
So Good. that is not dope. That's a nope for me. I and apparently, everyone was kind of high on him as a casting choice because with dope, you know, kind of like a, a good, well-made movie, but yeah. also like good humor and kind of smart humor. It fits for The Flash. It fits for The Flash, yeah. And he had brought Kiersey Clemens in from dope to be Iris, the love interest of mm-hmm. The Flash, and now he's gone. We don't know why. That's apparently, it was over tonal, creative differences. But at least it didn't happen when it was in production, so whatever. Take as much time as you need, DC. Yeah, uh, get that one right, please. All right, so last one on our Dope Up before we jump into Atlanta. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino announces he will only have two more movies. You have, you have the quote there, right? He's at the Adobe Max Creative Conference, Creators Conference, something or other on, in San Diego. <laughs> per The Hollywood Reporter, he said, Drop the mic, boom, tell everybody, mark that shit. <laughs> when asked about it. He had previously alluded to having two left yeah. come Hateful Eight last year, but now he said it's official. But, you know, given the amount of time, that's like eight years away, probably right. more. So. And thing, things can change by then. Mm-hmm. You never know what his interest will be. He'll stay on producing stuff. I don't I don't think it will... He'll just disappear. He'll have ten feature films. I mean, if you want to walk away, that's fine with me, man. I mean, they're, you. they're all above average films at, at, at worst. Yeah. I mean, pretty much more than that, I think, yeah. I mean, what, Jackie Brown probably be the the worst received one? Yeah, it's funny because some people have Jackie Brown as their favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. It's a high bar. Absolutely a high bar. I think the worst one is actually Death Proof. Yeah. That's probably uh, the least popular. Yeah, probably. Still has good moments. That's my least favorite one. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I'd probably say Jackie Brown still, but... Regardless, before we get too far into Tarantino, <laughs> into the weeds on Tarantino from the '90s, we'll revisit it, revisit it when the time comes. Yeah. But for right now, just enjoy the movies that you have from Tarantino and his weirdness, because he'll probably just end up running that movie theater where he shows like really random films from the '70s. Yeah, he'll keep making them on what 80 millimeter film and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is. He's one of a kind. So moving on to uh, another show. That's another thing that's one of a kind. Atlanta. That's right. On that's FX. For damn sure. Paperboy. Earn. I mean, what do you think? Man, season one. Darius. Yeah, wrapped up. Best show of the fall. Maybe no, best show. No doubt. No, no, it can't be best show of the year because Game of Thrones is just. My my. Wait, what are the best shows of the year? I was thinking about this. Mr. Robot. Game of, Game Thrones, of Thrones. Mr. Robot. Atlanta. Atlanta. And then like, shots to Stranger Things and Night of, right? Is that the five? Yeah. What yeah. else would you? I mean, Silicon Valley is yeah. not. It's probably the next year for me. Uh, yeah, no, I think that that, that, right? That's that probably has to it, be right? the five, yeah. Those are the ones we talked about. Really tough to, sure. com- tough to compare Atlanta to Game of Thrones and Robot. Expectations are way different for all those shows. <laughs> House of Cards may be up there. No, House of Cards is not up there. <laughs> Shout out Joe Kinnaman, though. I loved him in season four. <laughs> also, Doug, the guy who plays Doug Stanford Mike is, Kelly. is in uh, episode f- Black Mirror. five of Black Mirror. Yeah, I love yeah. Michael Kelly. Yeah, He's it, getting a lot of movies now. Yeah, he he's really getting a lot of shit. House of Cards has made a lot of people's careers. Yeah, them. absolutely. Westworld guy, Night Of guy. Yeah, the Midnight Run guy. <laughs> yeah. No. It's awesome. So, yeah, this show, I mean, wow. I, I, the, the scene that stands out to me probably most from this season is probably the last one. Because is there a more perfect scene that encapsulates this show than that scene walking home to elevators? I mean... Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... That was pretty... They did not have Outcast in the soundtrack till the end of the finale. Which is just... Which was, a, you know, bravo, fantastic mm-hmm. touch. And I, I, I was watching, I was like, oh, shit, that's Andre 3000, yes! And it was uh, from Elevators from AT Aliens, so one of their older songs. Excellent choice. Also, do you notice a few weeks ago, the opening, like, when they would... Every week they would have the cold open, and then Atlanta would be written right. somewhere as a song was playing. Mm-hmm. 
Broccoli is one of the songs. Just want to shout that out. Broccoli was actually this episode. Oh, was it the finale? Yeah, it was the oh, opening right. for this. And Migos. But that, it was also in another. It was in another part of. Right. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Watching Earn Walk Home while Elevators plays, which Elevators is just. First of all, phenomenal yeah, it's a song. It's, a, it's also a meaningful song. It's about yeah. being together. That's why which, I was picked. Yeah, a lot of this episode in the season were about. But he, he leaves. He, he was invited to stay yeah. at Vans. And he's like, nah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to my and storage he puts on his He puts on Outcast and he walks through his locker and looks at his $200, which is more than the 100 mm-hmm. he had in the pilot. So. Yeah, he doubled that money. Bring that paper, boy. So I guess there's a lot to kind of parse out with this, but yeah. I wanted to ask a couple questions to see if maybe this will jumpstart our conversation. Who was the standout person from this season? Mm, uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Brian Tyree Henry? As, uh, he was my number two. As Paperboy. I had Keith Stanfield. I wish he was given more. I, I agree, but every time he he was given something to work with, he he was my favorite part of the episode. He's a woke AF. <laughs> He's beyond woke. Like, like the finale, uh, Jacket, when... Ern goes to that field where there's the couch, which is, you know, setting the tone for Atlanta the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to, you know, get them, their, their hungover asses to help him find <laughs> his jacket. And the whole time, Darius is just talking about sunflower seeds. It's like, yo, what are the profit margins on these things? They're so small. It's just... And then when he has that phone call, uh, Ern has the phone call, Paperboy and Darius have a full-on conversation that you can kind of hear if you listen to them and try not to listen to Ern. Mm-hmm. So I thought that scene was amazing. Oh, yeah. But Darius in general, the scene in the, the gun range. Oh, the scene in the gun range, the scene with him in the club trying to bounce the bouncer. Yeah. I mean... Who bounces the bouncer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, uh, even when he was talking about the the invisible car. Yes. They, they were clowning him for it. Then at the end, the invisible car comes through. So or, many things like Or at that. the beginning, uh, I think one of the one of the most powerful scenes early on is when... They buy the samurai sword, and, and he's just going to sell for the yep. dog to help trading make, up. Er, make earn money at trading up. And then Earn's like, yo, cool, but this doesn't help me. I need the money now. I can't invest waiting for the you know, the, mm-hmm. dog, the dog or whatever. And he's like, oh, uh, just take my phone, man. I get a new one every month. Right. What? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, it so was... It, I think every time he's on, he stole the show, but... You you really could have given this to I think everybody like yeah. any any person the, could the core the core four is was fantastic I mean uh, uh, Zazie Beetz's band is yeah literally maybe the the most real portrayal of a woman on TV that I can remember faking the drug test <laughs> we talked about this before the, the episode that's just her and her friend Value love that Value so good. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the name value. Yeah. Her friend, the professional like girlfriend that mm. she was, and they have that nasty fight, right? Like, yeah. Like, verbal fight, you know, really kind of digging into each other. Then she can't help but Instagram her her, food. her expensive meal. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, Brian Tyree Henry. I pick him because such a great performance. Because if you don't know anything about Brian Tyree Henry, he's like a like a, a trained theater actor. Oh really? He, yeah. He he was the one in the original cast of the Book of Mormon. Oh, this wow. is a legitimate dude, and if you ever listen to him give an interview, super articulate. So this is like straight up a fantastic yeah. portrayal of uh, Alfred. Absolutely. So I thought he was really, really good the whole time. I mean, I, I think watching him play basketball, you could tell he's not actually a uh, from, from the street because he he didn't. I I'm gonna I'm, I'm pulling a Chris Ryan, gonna and say, I'm gonna say going. I'm gonna say the the basketball scene was not the the best scene of the season, but it was better than Mr. Robot's. It was scene. better than significantly, Mr. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, no, Brian Tyree Henry killed it as Alfred. That that show, uh, the Black Bieber episode, where oh it, hilarious, it shows how not plot driven the show was. In, in a plot driven sitcom, yeah. that show that episode would be 
all about him actually playing the game right. and doing things with Bieber and Earn being mistaken for another guy because he's black. Mm-hmm. But no, it wasn't actually about the events. It was just about how they all reacted and the fallout of everything afterwards. Absolutely. The fact that it was not plot-driven at all and not traditionally funny. And that also had maybe the most woke, but also the probably the oh, yeah. most important yeah. theorist moment when he's like, why would I shoot at a target of a human being? I don't yeah. want to shoot human. I, I, dogs are mean in my neighborhood. And just makes so much more and just sense. And ma- just making Bieber black. Yeah. Just make it easier to rip on him. Uh, really, really good. Uh, I, I heard it explained, I mean, obviously I don't have any experience with this, but the show portrays the black experience just as it is, just the black experience mm-hmm. is, right? It's not explaining it or trying to validate it, and it's not like em- <laughs> empire or right. power. Mm-hmm. They're like, kind of like elevated. Yeah, they, they make it just seem stuff. really extravagant and, uh, and Atlanta's over di- the top. And Atlanta's different than Blackish, where Blackish is also a very aware show, does a lot of great mm-hmm. stuff, but that's also a upper middle class family that has a laugh track in the sure. background, so it's quite a different show. I mean, Earn is broke pretty much the whole season. Right, and, it, <laughs> and it's talking about how, like, sometimes that's okay. And again, uh, we neither one of us has a real experience of, right. you know, the, portraying that black culture and really understanding what that's like, but you, you think about the scenes that kind of came out of it and like the moment. So it's that that scene where they're paper boys in the the restaurant and he's like, "I made you the special ones with the sauce." Like just the way that yeah, and, and just like like the way that that they portray like these little moments that obviously mean so much more, but they portray it in such a yeah. funny way. I heard you got arrested on TV, and I was like, "Man, we need more of that." Right? Yeah, and, and um, I was reading a uh, a tweet from Rembert Brown early in the season. Love Rembert, and he was he saying, had a really good uh, preview piece interview with Donald for New York Magazine before the show came out. Yeah, and he was saying that he was talking with people who were saying. You know, other African Americans. And he's from Atlanta too. Yeah, that we needed this show. We didn't know that we needed this show. Yeah, exactly. So it really resonated with that community. Well, and it really speaks to the fact that Atlanta has a black writers' room, all black black actors. But also, the crazy thing about this show is no one involved in the making of this show had made traditional TV before. Donald Glover never made a TV show before. His brother Stephen. He was a writer. Right. His brother Stephen, who was the lead writer on Atlanta, had Mm -hmm. made TV. Hero Amore is known for directing music videos, and he actually directed that small short film with Donald Glover, and Donald Glover pitched him, and FX just were like, fine, yeah, go for mm-hmm. it. So, and then the two lead writers had never been lead writers before. Right. So it's really cool that they didn't fall into conventional TV tropes as they made the show. And right. the finale, the finale didn't have that reveal or that nope. twist or up the ante or up the climax. Paperboy might be going on tour, just like the show might advance the plot. Right. It's not about that. It was actually. I have nothing but good things to say. It's a must-watch show. Yeah, as I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today with this, I was thinking back to our discussion with Westworld last week and mm-hmm. kind of how I was saying I have no investment in a lot of the characters. I right. feel emotionally detached. I feel the exact opposite with Atlanta. Yeah. Like, I want to see Earn do well. I want to see Van like get get a job and, and raise their daughter and like get together. I wanna see Darius do wacky yeah. stuff. I wanna yeah. see Paperboy. I wanna see his career go off, but I also wanna see him beat beat, beat people up. I, I want Darius in season two and apparently they're writing season two right now. Yeah. At a Glover's house in California, I believe. We gotta give credit to Stephen Glover, Don Glover's brother. He mm-hmm. he did most of the writing. He he's really yeah the the Talented. important guy here. But Darius needs that solo episode. He didn't get he one. He will. Alfred got one when he was on that TV roundtable episode, <laughs> which well, was really, really good. And then Van got one. Also speaks how this show, those episodes aired back to back. Donald Glover is not in 
two episodes in a row, and he was the he was in lead. for like one minute, which was right. like Van looking at his phone. I think it was right, like, just, well, she was like like a scene in passing, basically like right. a walk and talk scene, right? Exactly, yeah. it, which is is crazy to think that the star of the show, basically the person that got this show sold, is was not in two of the episodes right. in a ten episode season. That's a fifth of, of the season. Yeah, I mean, so basically the show is what like the four there's four episodes are kind of like set the tone, set the the, the mood mm-hmm. in the beginning. Those two solo episodes. And like two conventional episodes, like the the Bieber one and the uh, the club episode, and like the finale. Like, it, it's such an interesting season structure. Absolutely, and uh, also thinking back to Westworld and what kind of what you're touching on is this was more about the world and what's going oh, on. Yeah. It was way more about what's going on here than what's the what's the point. Like, what's the end point of this? Which I yeah. think we've, as people that watch TV, have come to expect. Okay, we're starting here. This is what we need to figure out, and how do we get there? Right. How do we resolve this conflict, or how do we figure out this mystery? This has no direction to it. It's kind of just like you're wandering through the forest, and you'll see that going on, or you'll see that going on, but it's more about just enjoying the experience and being in that, that yeah. moment. It's a really refreshing uh, oh, absolutely. TV show. Season two is probably not, co- I'm almost surely not coming next year. No. Because Don Glover has his commitments <laughs> for Han Solo soon. And, and he's just like, I mean, I think uh, the interview that The Watch did with him, they said that he talked about this like two years ago, and mm-hmm. then he got a script to them like a year and a half after he had talked about it. I was like, right. oh yeah, remember I wanted to do this, well this is what I wrote. And right. they're like, okay, well, we'll give yeah. you money and I'll make this. Yeah, in that interview they said they, they're hoping the scripts will be done before Glover has to go off and shoot. That way they mm-hmm. can shoot season two sure. when he's done. So that's cool. But but knowing him, he'll want to make music. He'll want to do other stuff. Yeah, he's... it's funny because one of the criticisms of Childish Gambino is that Glover isn't like a... He's like a rapper's rapper. He just, he just kind of became a rapper just to do the art. Similar mm-hmm. to how, as the comedian that he is, Little Dicky just started rapping. Right. So... Rapping was just a stepping stone for Donald Glover, so I'm very mm-hmm. curious to see if he ever really goes back to it. I, I think he will. But so, beyond, like, what he maybe already has in the, in, in the, in the vault, you know? Sure. I don't know. I, I think he's kind of got it. Whatever strikes him, he'll just do exactly. it. He'll I mean, kill it. Look at what he's done so far, and he's exactly. only, like, 33 or something. Right. But I have a question for you, Pat. Is sure. FX the best network on TV? It was the second most Emmy-nominated last year behind HBO, but it closes the gap. Mm-hmm. So we know it has Atlanta. Are we taking HBO out of this? I mean, compared to HBO, but I just here are these shows that are currently airing on FX: Atlanta, Americans, Fargo, American Horror Story, American Crime Story, which just did People vs OJ, Louie, New Show Better Things, which is really well received. You're the Worst, which you talked about briefly. Mm-hmm. Archer, coming back, just like Louie's coming back, and they also have Sunny. And Baskets, right? And, and Baskets. I mean, like, is FX the best show on, channel on TV? I in terms it, of sheer quality? Not saying you have to like or watch all the shows. I certainly don't. Right. But I think I, it's, pound, pr- it's, pr- it's pretty undeniable, I think. Yeah, pound for pound, it, it seems to be. Think about HBO, and they've had some shows that have hit and some shows that have really flopped. Um, I mean, Bill Simmons' show just got canceled. It's yeah. hard to compare that to sure. scripted yeah. shows. But F- I think FX has had a lot more hits than misses recently, so I, I would definitely say that when you're just going pound for pound, they have to be. And I also like that their shows are shorter. Oh, a lot more digestible than something like Westworld or... The, uh, fi- the hard 55-minute episode. Right. Well, yeah, Atlanta's really important because it really made the half-hour episode event list, event watching. Mm-hmm. And people are, uh, I'm certainly am, more likely to watch the show 
just because it doesn't seem like such a commitment. Like, oh, I can get that 30 minutes in, yeah. And exactly. I want to watch, so I want to be part of the conversation. Right. And it's funny that Atlanta really dominated that mm-hmm. conversation week to week. Like, my favorite part about watching Atlanta was reading all of the great pieces that came out in the week following up to it. Absolutely. And it's funny because you're talking about Westworld. Like, the only thing that's yeah. really in, in ta- uh, interesting about Westworld is reading all those pieces and thinking, <laughs> exactly. thinking about the show, whereas the watch isn't as enjoyable, whereas Atlanta, obviously, it's, you know, it's a, equal, equal. Yeah. So to wrap up our conversation, I wanted to ask you, what was your favorite moment from season one? Ah, uh, tough. <laughs> I laughed really hard when the invisible car came out. <laughs> the invisible <laughs> car was ridiculous. Like when he like, oh shit, and then you just see like it's, it was that was insane. I have I have a, a you say funniest or favorite a favorite moment. Yeah, maybe it's not same. not funny at all. But that moment in was it the second, first or second episode when. That like kind of guy who's like off his rocker gets savagely beat by the cop in the in the jail. Oh, yeah. And that's where you're like, oh wait a minute, this yeah. show is real, doing way more stuff than I thought it was yeah. initially. Like, I thought that was really important. Well, there was also that I think another moment that did that, which is probably forgotten at this point. <laughs> the Bieber fight was really good. Well, too. yeah, the Bieber fight, but when Ern sees that guy who used to work with the white guy, yeah, and he talks to him and he uses the N word when talking to him, oh, and then he yes. runs into him again. He's like, "Oh yeah, tell me that story, man." And he's with Paperboy yeah. and Darius. And he's he like, played oh. Flo Rida back to back. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> "Really." <laughs> right. I guess two moments. I mean, that just that scene of Ern walking home to elevators. I think yeah, was just so perfect and, and shot so beautiful. And when too. he op- when he opened, I did not see it coming. When he opens the thing, I'm like, oh, what's he getting? Like, what's yeah. happening? Oh, is someone gonna like jump him in the back? Like, what's gonna happen to Ern? Oh no, he he sleeps there. Oh yeah. shit, that that that's yeah. his apartment. Funny, the funniest moment to me was probably at the end of the episode with Van. <laughs> value where she's mm. she goes to into the classroom to to like. I don't know, finish up subbing, and that kid with the white face, just the way he smiles. I said my, I said my friend Jensen, shout out Jensen Daniels. I sent him that that picture once a week, just because we both found that part to be so hilarious, and just the, the way that that kid looked, ah, oh, it was it was perfect. That same episode where she goes into her like supervisor's office in the school. I smoked weed, and she's like, oh yeah, girl, like I understand, like yeah, yeah, I de-stress, but you just admitted to uh, breaking the rules against. Uh, you know, yeah, school official, so you have to be terminated. Right. <laughs> the, the whole about face in like 20 seconds. Yep. Threw me for a loop, too. I mean, we. I, I think if we just wanted to sit here and shit, uh, shoot, shoot the shit about our favorite episode, yeah. our episodes and moments, we could probably do that for the, another hour. Yeah. But we do need to wind down. Any last thoughts? Watch the show. It's really good. Yeah, catch up. It's it's easy. If you ten have episodes, cable... Ten, and, ten half hour episodes. Yeah, if you have cable, if anyone you know has cable, get their subscription, go on FX now and, you know, watch them. I would say don't watch them all back-to-back-to-back. No, definitely not. I'm so happy I watch them week-to-week. Yeah, week-to-week is definitely the best way. Give yourself at least a day or two in between because there's lots to think about with each other. Talk to about people. That's the best part. Absolutely. And And talk to us. Yeah, absolutely. About your thoughts on the season, favorite moments, standout episodes. Tweet at us at NostalgiaPod on Twitter. At Martin Swagger at Sheeny World Peace. Also, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Please, that'd be really good. Really helps uh, us. Listen to us on Google Play, Stitcher. Tune in. Uh, yeah, tune in. There you go. Further on iTunes, if you have an iPhone, you automatically have a Apple ID, meaning you can leave us an iTunes review right from your phone. Very simple. Yeah. Just search for us in podcast. Yeah. Thank and, you. And please, please tell other people. And tell us this. if you did. 
a little shout out. Yeah, absolutely. We we want to spread the love here. We'll be talking Doctor Strange next week. I know we, we neglected that. We yeah, wanted to, to yeah. give Atlanta its shine. And also, I was lazy in getting to the We're, uh, we're sacrificing some clicks so that Pat can participate in the conversation. I think the episode will be better for it. So good things happen to those who wait, including nostalgia listeners. Also, speaking of my FX is the best network mm-hmm. pitch, they have two high-profile shows coming soon. Legion, which I mentioned before, the X-Men show yep. from Noel Hawley, and also Taboo with Tom Hardy. Oh, wow. Which is about, like, he, like, comes back with, like, illegal diamonds or something. Tom Hardy, go. I mean, everything he does uh, is awesome. And but... Noel Hawley, dude. Yeah, Noel Come on. <laughs> For real. So, we will talk to you guys next week about Doctor Strange. See it so that you can talk with us about it. Yeah. And pass this along to a friend. We love you guys. Please, please, please. Like, don't. subscribe, share, comment. Please don't, don't mess up the election please go vote please please <laughs> they will, this will not help them <laughs> they won't be able to vote by the time they hear this all right well <laughs> retroactively go vote mm. if you can hear me now whoever did you hear you can now, vote online that's not true <laughs> <laughs> all right we out oh my